Hello and welcome to the Vicar's Watch Dibley. The podcast where three priests link our stories to those of the Reverend Geraldine Granger and other TV vicars. I'm Kate. I'm Jenny. And I'm Ruthie. This episode we're talking about autumn. Not the season, but the episode autumn. And it's an episode all about Geraldine having a relationship with Simon. And so we're going to talk about sex and relationships and expectations for clergy. And it's all going to be quite a lot, isn't it? (laughs) Melt in. It's the first week of Lent, and I don't know about you two, but I'm quite enjoying it. I don't know why, I just, I'm in a good mood today. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Well, looking at me and Jenny, we're both quite cold. (laughs) (laughs) Covered in blankets. Got a water bottle snuggled in Mm. here as well. (laughs) So if you hear jiggling water. Yeah. It's been a cold spell. And dear listener, wherever you are, we hope that you are snuggly and warm. Mm. Oh, yes. Pray the cosiness upon you. Amen. (laughs) Unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere, and then we hope that you're feeling nice and cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hope your body temperature is optimum. <laughs> what a lovely way to start the pod. What so, way. what? What's something that we've loved this week, really? Well, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm very excited because this week is World Book Day. And I love World Book Day and I've been making a costume for my three-year-old who's going to go as Zog to nursery. Uh, so I've made some little wings and a, uh, a badge. Uh, if you don't know who Zog is, it's a great book. Zog and the Flying Doctors and all this kind of thing. Um, but I've been invited to go to one of the local primary schools and read some books with oh year ones. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so part cool. of World Book Day, and I'm so excited. And uh, they're doing um, uh, like lots of other schools are doing. Actually, you can just come in your comfy clothes or something like that if you don't want to come dressed up as a book mm. character um, to help people save money. Um, but or you can come dressed up. And so I'm trying to decide. Which to do? Do I want to go in comfy clothes or do I want to dress up? <laughs> Is that really a question for you? Because my I mean, heart goes, of course yeah. you're going to dress up. Like, that's not even <laughs> a question. But then the question is, is, as who... Well, that is a major question. Reverend yeah. Geraldine Granger from the book, <laughs> The Scripts of the a Vicar of Dibley. Yes! <laughs> I've come dressed as a vicar. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so that's my plan. How about you, Jenny? That's exciting. Well, I'm not having a great week, so oh. I'm scraping the barrel today. I am loving wearing my yellow coat. <laughs> Oh, Jenny. <laughs> I'm loving wearing my yellow coat and going for walks. And actually, I have been really noticing this last week. It's a bit, a bit of a full-on time in my life. Well, not in my life, but just generally. Loads going on. And I love going for a walk to clear my head, as I've mentioned many times. And when I don my coat, put on my hat, Henry in hand, I'm just like, yeah. And it resets me like every single time, whether I'm on my own or chatting away to God, listening to music or with other people. Uh, it's just such a good, ah, oh, such a good way to kind of reset. So, what am I loving? Walkies, yeah, but my yellow coat. 
Oh. <laughs> like I said, scraping the barrel this week. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> I think if I was to just picture you, it would be in that yellow coat. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a go-to coat. jelly that's outfit. Cute. I do love yeah. yellow. What about Kate? What do you love? What have you been loving this week? Well, something I've been loving this week is actually just before a recording session, I was deep in putting together a service booklet. And this is super, super nerdy, but I love, love, love putting services liturgy together. I love formatting. I love getting all the words to fit. I love um, finding the right words and playing Ooh. around and finding the right imagery, like pictures. And yeah, really love doing it. Um, I could... Oh, I just love it. One of my favourite parts of a job. I get that. I get that. It's really cool, yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. There's something very satisfying about getting services into a really neatly printable range. Mm, yeah. like So that you don't have extra blank pages at the end of a book. Yeah. It and... This is this is nerdy, but I this yeah, I'm so there. Just <laughs> editing all your spacing and going, oh, editing can I just spacing wiggle this? And, and the right font, there is a new font out, which I really want to plug. It's called Atkinson Hyperlegible. Yeah. Um, this is so cute. It's a font. Yeah, so, no, it's it's available. It's for download. It's from um, oh. the Braille Society, I think. Um, oh. But anyway, it's, it's a newly designed font, which is designed to be hyperlegible, so really easy to read. Wow. Um, if you have, for various different um, visual impairments, or, oh, and also dyslexia, um They've taken loads of little things that have been used in previous different fonts and learning to actually combine everything into one much more legible font. Oh. Atkinson Hyperlegible. It's free for download. It's on Google Fonts now as well. Cool. Um, I'm using it in everything and it looks really good. So, yeah. Brilliant. Love that accessibility. <laughs> That's yeah. a very... Uh, there's a niche audience in that and I think some of our listeners will be that he'll go oh new font very interesting yeah. Love a new a font. font for service booklets <laughs> <laughs> or you know lesson plans or whatever mm. you know whatever job you might have where people need to read stuff yeah, yeah true that's your font what that's are we doing today Jenny well we've been having some fun <laughs> what are we doing today we are looking at season three episode one uh, which is autumn in the uh, DVD series name list. And uh, we're going to go through, we have actually got the book with the script in it, so we can hold ourselves accountable to the literal scene by scene. Mm. Uh, I think we all had quite a lot of fun watching back this episode. Am I right in thinking that? We've got we've got some, ju- it's, based, it's pretty juicy. It's a juicy one, guys, this one. It's this one, one might be worth watching um, back at some point for yourselves and enjoying it and giggling along with us. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming up that, yeah, like I say, a bit juicy. Yeah, so uh, we've got a bit of a disclaimer to begin with. We will be talking about sex quite a lot in this uh, <laughs> episode in, in its many different forms. Um, and just to note that there are a huge variety of opinions about um, sex and uh, the appropriateness of it in relationships within the church and within Christianity and... We will be making some kind of sweeping statements about stuff and and how Geraldine understands sex and uh, how her parishioners do, which aren't necessarily our opinions, but they also might be. And we're just putting that out there at the beginning that we don't want 
shame culture to be mm. brought mm. up in all of this and people to feel awful after listening to this or and we also don't want people going well that's not in the bible or whatever (laughs) (laughs) might be said about this so there's a variety of opinions um if there's any um any particular issues that we come across that uh, might be trigger warnings we'll put um links in the description to the kind of timestamp for that uh, Mm. if that's helpful um but yeah just to warn you Let's mm. talk about sex, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Although we won't be getting explicit about sex. No. It's, it's worth also put. This isn't an explicit um, an episode which will be marked explicit, so don't worry about <laughs> we are going to be getting into detail. <laughs> but if you're listening with small people around, you might have to have some conversations with mm. them. <laughs> <laughs> the birds and the bees. Mm. So, to the vicarage. And Geraldine is there with Alice and Hugo. We've had, it's been about two years since the previous series and we're now hearing from Alice and Hugo who have been on their honeymoon, but they've had an extended honeymoon. Uh, Their honeymoon has lasted 14 months and uh, that's because Hugo's been drug smuggling, accidentally drug smuggling. Accidentally. Um, a, A brilliant example of both Hugo and Alice's naivety um, and a lovely lady at the airport asked them to carry a bag through for her. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, uh, £84 million worth of uh, cocaine was in it. So, <laughs> so they've got the snaps know. to holiday snaps to prove it as well, haven't they? Yeah, they yeah. go through their snaps together <laughs> with it. And uh, yes, they. Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. And Hugo. Yes. Uh, is now going to counselling as part of this. Mm. Uh, I think they potentially think he might have uh, PTSD. Uh, mm. And he has a slightly odd phrase, doesn't he? Yeah, he says that he needs to act do lally um, because he feels sorry for the counsellor. And this is something we'll flag. It's not the theme of the episode, but it is one of those things that really, I think, dates this show. Um, is we're in conversations about mental health and there's another scene a little bit later on. Um, it's, it's this performative... Um, I'm going to use the word madness in, mm. in this kind of recognising that that's not really what we mean kind of in contemporary sense. But this kind of acting weird and silly and he, he crawls around on the floor. Yeah. Um because yeah. if, if you are mentally unwell, then clearly you must be um, completely beyond capacity. Doolally yeah. is the word he uses. The way I understood that bit was that um, because he'd been in prison for 14 months... Oh, this is such a minor point, isn't it? But it's, like it's, such, suddenly, a it's such a minor one. But it is, yeah, it's interesting. So he says about, um, you know, having to see a therapist because, you know, they're worried mm-hmm. about him. And then I think the crawling on the floor is meant to be a gen- like where he is actually at, if that makes sense. That's how I understood it. Oh, As in, so he, they're saying, oh, they say, they say I'm doolally, but I'm absolutely fine. Anyway, see you guys later. And then he crawls away because that's okay because that's what he's used to from his experience. Yeah. But I don't know, I could be wrong. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. I, I connected it more with like that season that episode in Blackadder in the fourth season of Blackadder where Blackadder's trying to uh, get yeah. out it's the last episode and he sticks pencils up his nose and wears pants on his head and says flibble um, and it's again that sense of 
Yeah, it's very dated. I don't think we would necessarily have it. Anyway, we just thought I just thought we'd we'd flag that up that it's, this is one of those things which does date, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more. And if about you need therapy, that's fine. Yeah, go, go, go exactly. Man. Enjoy just, someone who has gone to therapy many times. <laughs> if it yeah. helps, it's yeah. good. Absolutely. Be honest about yourself. Yeah, that's all you can do. So Hugo crawls off to therapy and mm, Geraldine is having the conversation with Alice about uh, married life and how are things mm. in the bedroom and uh, how, how's that all going? To which I think she thinks it's about the bedroom furniture. So she's like, oh, it's very <laughs> tricky. Very tricky <laughs> yeah. at the start. Yeah. Couldn't find out what went where. But yeah. as soon as we put the wardrobe in, everything made sense, which I was just <laughs> like, oh, classic VOD. <laughs> it's just perfect. I mean, do, do you think Geraldine is asking this question as a friend or as the vicar? Um, have you, as a vicar, ever asked a couple about their sex life? No. Yes. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> We've got a full spectrum of experience here. Um, um, uh, why no, Jenny? So no, because... So I might change my mind or I might, you know, in, minist- in my ministry years, I may change my mind. So I think talking about sex is really important but I don't necessarily believe it's the place of the vicar to talk about it. It's probably because my overarching assumption is that couples would have done that talking, that working out maybe even a lot of the lived experience of having a sexually active relationship themselves and they don't need me to speak into it. Also I think it is a kind of a privacy thing it's a kind of um you know, expectation that they'll have, you know, be talking about it themselves and, you know, be being open with each other. I kind of maybe too often trust that couples will be doing that. But also, like, I felt like I couldn't really speak into it because um, I didn't really have anything to say on it. I wouldn't have known what to say. And also, especially like before I was married as well, I had nothing to talk about when it comes to marriage advice really or you know the sexual side of marriage and um and so yeah I think that's probably why it was a no for me I would give them a booklet with like some preparation questions and stuff around sex and expectations of sex and that kind of thing because I think it is really important for me though it's a no I just didn't feel like it was my place but Ruthie why yes um, so you thinking in the context, especially of of like marriage prep, if you were getting a, a couple ready to get married, this is yeah. the kind of place you'd have those. Yeah, because I would I would also say if I saw them back from honeymoon, I would also never say how's it going, guys, like with cheeky eyebrows. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think I'd die. Maybe it's because I'm a prude, but also I just <laughs> feel that is so not my so not my um, area of like to talk to them about but i do think obviously spiritual care there is a side to that which that you know which where sexual intimacy and that does do cross over very open to talking to couples if they wanted to talk to me about it but i would never raise it with them first so in marriage prep i do talk about sex as part of it tell us more um because uh partly because i think there's this myth that is uh, perpetuated by culture and society that as as soon as you get married, that's when the sex stops and it all gets boring and, oh, I've got a headache and all that kind of stuff. And actually, I think the, the liturgy, the words that we use in the marriage service suggest the opposite. Actually, you should grow more in love and knowledge of each mm. other as you're married. 
and actually sex should get even better <laughs> and if you're um if you're already having it i think the majority of couples that we marry nowadays um in the context that we're in ha- are probably living together beforehand yeah. they come with the same Mostly address with ch- children as well and sometimes. with children yeah. and so you think you guys have probably had sex before um and so just to talk about that and go you know the, the, this it doesn't stop now actually you keep you keep discovering more about each other and what you like and 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 how you are as a couple should develop and grow um but also on the other side if it is a couple coming to marriage who uh, have not been sexually intimate beforehand i think it's really important to talk about it beforehand because mm. i know many married couples uh, who got married neither of them had ever had sex before and then they're just like I don't know what to do and there can be so much trauma involved and and people just uh, have no idea where to put things and it's not just in the wardrobe and and how to to do it and it could be quite painful for people I mean uh, to begin with it because your body's getting used to it and I think the church needs to be better at talking about it and not just been seen as a, mm. you know, we don't talk about sex and you just keep it in your bedroom. I'm not going to say, what's your favourite position and here's one to try later. Here, here's a book <laughs> for various positions to try. Because actually that is something that's between you as a couple. But just to say, you should be talking about sex and mm. keep talking about sex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I probably fall somewhere in between the both of you. Um, in terms of how much I include sex talk as part of marriage preparation, I always, always make sure that, you know, I make it clear to the couple that they should be talking about sex, about their expectations, about... Yeah. Your sex what, expectations. About um, what they need <laughs> from each other, that they should have clear lines of communication. I say, I don't need to have your details. Yeah, just, definitely. You, know, you need to be talking about this just as you'll be talking about finances and you'll be talking about children yeah stress family pressure yeah Um, when in the context of a marriage service and the vows i do sort of unpick a little bit you know about how about consent about what it means to honor someone um and and kind of with my body i honor you and i say you know this is actually mentioning sex and yeah we we sort of we talk about we touch on it and then it's depending on the couple um, how much more I'd unpick that I think with a couple who are already established living together they already have a sex life it's mostly about you know making sure they know what consent is what the expectations of each other is and what what counts as cheating mm, all of that that's good one. Um, but they have healthy lines of communication I think a less experienced couple if I I, ha- I don't think I've done a wedding for a couple which um haven't um had sex before marriage to my knowledge I don't know i pretty much um i think then we might go into it a little bit more because there is that aspect of Mm. expectation without experience Mm. yeah Um, and again not going into detail but then reflecting on i think particularly because in the church and a lot of people who have made the choice to wait until marriage will have been involved in some sort of purity culture yeah or teaching along those lines Mm. i think there's a lot to unpick to help reflect on um what for change yeah mm. there's lots to unpick with that couple yeah but it's, it's, it's on a couple by couple basis mm. yeah 
and I, I'm I'm not doing it just to be the pervy vicar mm. because oh, th- gosh, that no. is that is creepy. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. don't want that. But <laughs> I, I I think because I've kind of come from some of that purity mm. culture stuff, and I know that it's done damage to me in some ways. Mm. Actually, I think it's really important that we talk about it better and go. Do you know what? If you're having a really rubbish time with sex, go mm. talk to someone, and you know. Uh, yeah. have those conversations with people because mm. It, mm. you know yeah. it shouldn't be like that you should have yeah. a nice time with it it should be great normalise checking, checking in with people yeah um, and like close friends like I, I've asked Ruthie how things are going mm. not for detail but you know no, yeah. maybe not let's include that <laughs> but you know you have, have friends who are yeah definitely who you're checking in with and those people you trust to be able to talk about yeah. what's happening definitely um and i think particularly i mean, one thing that particularly brings this to home for me was an article i was reading about the trauma for women in purity culture where if all of your value kind of pre-marriage was you have been celebrated for maintaining your purity um, and that makes you a good Christian because you've maintained your purity. Um, then once you actually have sex, even if you know it's in marriage, you can lose your sense of um, goodness because yeah. that thing which has made you holy is now gone. Yeah. Um, and that's a, a horrible, horrible interpretation of what purity is. Mm. And it is misteaching. But that's one of those things which you really need to help people unpick. Yeah, and yeah, it, definitely. And there's something as well there, you know, if something isn't your choice as well, if a, yeah. a sexual experience mm. happens that isn't mm. your choice, what does that say about yeah, absolutely. you? I mean, mm. one in four women will be sexually assaulted in some way. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, if, if it's taken from you, mm. how do you deal with that? There are oh, some. We got yeah. deep, quick, didn't we? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, some really damaging and, and, teaching out there as well. Yeah, but... and it's worth also just saying, as much as we've talked about the female experience, because we are women and that is mm. our experience, um, this also affects men. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well. massively. Uh, um, and feeling the need to perform the and spectrum. all this kind of stuff, it's yeah. a mess. But yeah. Uh, and uh, well, going back to the episode, one of the reasons mm. that I talk about sex with couples is because uh, Alice, uh, bless her, um, <laughs> yeah. has been playing hide the purple parsnip and uh, <laughs> is gaining lots of weight and so feels good. rather sick. I'm feeling and sick in the her, morning. Yeah, mm. weird, isn't it? And doesn't quite understand what's going on. Um, but she did the uh, and and Geraldine asked her. You know, is there a chance that she might be pregnant? And mm. oh no, she did the test. She weed on a hamster. <laughs> I love and it. This. And it's turned blue. To blue. Mm. I wanted to ask: Do either of you have you either of you got any old wives' tales of how to know if you're pregnant or how to know if you're carrying a boy or a girl? Did you have you ever picked mm. up on any of those? Or I've, I've heard some. As I've heard one about peeing on straw. Oh, I can't yeah. remember like how it told you, oh. um, and and I heard another one which is about um, you put a coin on a piece of string, and if it spins, it's a boy, and if it goes back and front, it's a girl, or the other way around. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I love these sorts of things. 
I, I picked up a, a longer labour means it's a boy or heartburn means there's going to be loads of hair. Apparently heartburn for hair is a thing. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I think every, there's that classic one, isn't there? If a woman's carrying low, it's a boy. If she's carrying high, it's a girl. That's like obviously not mm. in a pregnancy test, more like actual yeah. baby. Yeah, Which- uh, I yeah, that was me. <laughs> ah, <laughs> right, if it's really? all at the front, a boy. If you, if you're wider at the side, it's a girl. And Ooh. from the back of me, I did not look pregnant. From the front of me, I looked very pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, Benjamin appeared. Did you try the hamster test, Ruthie, when you were working out if you were pregnant or not? Uh, do you know what? I didn't have a hamster readily available, so I didn't actually, try the hamster the, test. Probably for the best, actually. That's definitely yeah. animal purity, isn't it? Yeah, there's an issue there. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't that. Really <laughs> there must be a huge market for hamsters in Dibley. Um, <laughs> but also, if ever a couple needs support with family planning... Um, yeah, it would be these I two, wouldn't it? Alice and Hugo, especially given the knowledge we have from future episodes of how <laughs> many children they have, they uh, yeah, they're prolific. I think is a, a good mm, word to use here. Absolutely. So Alice explains about the hamster pregnancy test in Dibley, and the phone rings, and she goes off and uh, picks up the phone. Hiya, it's the vicarage, and and it turns mm. out that Simon is on the phone. Mm. Now. now, dear listener, you may not remember Simon since a while. It's a while since we it's on this podcast let's discussed him. Yeah, couldn't remember where we'd had him, but it was at the wedding, wasn't it? Alice and Hugo's mm. wedding. Yes, Uncle Simon to Hugo, isn't mm. it? Uncle Simon, who Geraldine dyed her hair blonde for, Hello, and blonde. Um, <laughs> yes, and uh, and nearly jacked her job for, by the way, as well. Yeah. That's true. Mm. And it's called the vicarage to to uh, chat to Geraldine. And Geraldine gets all all fizzy with joy. <laughs> and is a bit muttering on the phone. And uh, says, oh, I haven't heard from you in ages. And, and uh, arranges to see him on Saturday. Mm. Now, do we think that Geraldine and Simon have been sort of dating while Hugo's been in prison or not? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a big no girl this episode? I don't know. Jenny, explain your no. Oh, I get to go first again. Right. No, I don't think they have. So when the phone goes, uh, obviously Alice answers and she goes, Uncle Simon, Geraldine's eyes light up. She was like, what? Who? Holy moly. As she rushes over to the phone, she grasps it out of Alice's hand and she's like, oh my God. She's very fizzy. She's very flustered. And I was thinking, well, where did we last see Simon? It took me a while to remember. In fact, I think I remember saying to you guys, I was like, when did we last see Simon? And it was Alison Hugo's wedding and all of that mm. kerfluffle, where she nearly even moves all the way up to Liverpool in order to be closer to him. Yeah. I don't think that they've had any relations or chats since then, simply because of her absolute excitement at him him calling. Because he then goes to say, "Oh, you're going to come up this way. Oh, you're coming to stay, coming to see David. That's amazing." And then she, and then he starts. She knows it's going to be a flirty call because Simon's built like that. He's a flirty kind of charismatic guy. And he's, and I think that she's, they have a conversation. It's like, you want to do what? You, you want it? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that melt? Oh, that would make it all better. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all of this stuff starts to happen. And you straight away, you're like, oh, this is what this is. Out of the blue. 
I think is out of the blue. Kate, what do you think? No, I disagree. Uh, is there a backstory I, here? I think there is a pretense for Alice's benefit that they haven't been talking. Mm. I think that's where the, oh, I haven't heard from you in so long, comes from. They are trying to talk around Alice um, because they don't want really the Hortons to know. Um, I think they've been having phone calls. I don't think they've necessarily been meeting up, but I think they have remained in contact and they've been having a little bit of a flirt. Um, And my reasoning for this is, (laughs) if they haven't been in contact, their conversations get explicit very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, And I, I know Geraldine is flirty, but I don't think she's that type of flirty where after having not heard from someone for 14 months she'd immediately start talking about food in the bedroom with them i think i could be wrong my punt as well though is about what simon like and i think simon's that sort of person that would just go there straight away and have a bit of a rippling effect on the receiver of his words so let's say just i just want you to imagine with me jenny it's hard um, though because i'm answering as me the pre, person pre-marriage, or, or am I answering as geraldine though no, but let, remember just, geraldine's it, in a place where she is no. ready to meet and but she let, thought let's her just, and Simon was really good let's just imagine this though okay. <laughs> like remember back to when you were single and you were desperate to meet someone okay not that you yeah you started <laughs> Let's say, let's say you started talking I to a guy. Open. You met a guy and you were vibing, right? Yeah. Um, but then, but then dead big... silence. Yeah. Nope, nope. Okay, Stop okay. interrupting. I'll try, I'll <laughs> complete try, I'll complete try. silence for over a year. You don't hear from this guy for over a year. Mm. Um, before that silence, you were talking. You know, your conversations didn't get particularly intimate or explicit. But you were, you know, you were vibing. I should hope not. No- nothing yeah. from him over a year yeah out of the blue he calls you and says i'm gonna come and stay with you and i'm gonna spend all my time in your bedroom and we're going to eat food off each other i get the picture Um, right yeah right your reaction would not be to immediately play in to that i think you'd have a lot of what? Yeah. Like, you, you, yeah. I, I think I'd they'd be lot... the police, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy if they haven't been in contact at least a little. It's really, really creepy. But the thing Out is... of the blue for someone you haven't talked to in over a year to be like... Oh, yeah, it's over a year. It's over a year. But they did have a very significant time over the time of the wedding. No, they didn't. They, they did. They barely talked to she each other. She dyed her hair for him. Yeah, but, but she was going to give up because, her job But for that him. wasn't because of a profound connection. She overheard him saying, oh, I really like blondes. And then she went and dyed his hair. That Which wasn't a profound connection you. moment. I, I think it was also... Yeah, have you ever met... There's just some people in life that you meet them and they make you go a bit weak at the knees. But and Simon, I hate to feel it. And Simon, Simon, Simon is that for Geraldine. Simon, Simon is that for is Geraldine. Not that okay, okay. I think she is. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Round over. <laughs> Round over. What do you think, Ruth? I think that they might have had some phone conversations in between. Oh! Yes! <laughs> would have been privy to those as the audience, though. No, no. Vote yeah. on Twitter after the episode. Yeah. Have they been talking? <laughs> have they been talking? Okay. Oh, I want to bring up another thing that I think we all disagree on. 
mm. about whether Geraldine has had penetrative sex before. I'm has she yes gone to this? Has she gone but to fourth base? I would say yes because of the episode yeah. where she pulled out a rock vinyl and it was signed mm. from like something like to Flopsy from Oh, this is really bad remembering, sorry. Yeah. Do you remember the one? And it's like to my flop flopsy bunny from your and then it was it was definitely a massive innuendo. Ah. Mm. I think no. Why, Why do you, do think, you no? think no? Because the way she acts on the sofa and because um, Alice says to her about, oh, when you're married, you can go to bed and that's scrummy. And she says, oh, so I'm told. And I think that I think she I mean, I think she's done other things um, uh, and uh, maybe gone to other bases. But I, I don't think she has. I think this might be her first time. I think she's just Can't saying that for Alice. Yeah, I, I think she's dissembling, if we're using Pride and Prejudice language. She <laughs> is, I think Geraldine as a character tends to be um, quite clear that she's had a past, yeah. but she doesn't rub it in people's faces. And my reasoning for think she has had penetrative intercourse before um, is partly because of things she said in other episodes. But in this episode, when David Horton... We're skipping ahead. But when David Horton says goodbye to her when Simon's in there and it's really obvious that they're going to be going to the bedroom, um, David says um, something like, I hope you know what you're doing. Yeah. And Georgine says, I think I can remember. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten that. I... See, I think she's played it yeah. up. And I think... Oh, I think... Yeah, I think that's true as well. I think she isn't... People just think she's very experienced because she's open about some of the stuff, but I don't think... I think this is a new mm. thing for her, and I think that's why she has... Partly because mm. it's been so public, but later in the episode, how why she has such a big meltdown mm. when uh, things go wrong. So I think it... Let's, mm. let's yes, agree I see that, that yeah. it could probably be interpreted either way. And I think her reaction at the end of the episode is valid whatever her previous experience has mm, been mm. and i think what we need to make clear is in a way it doesn't really matter too much whether or not she no. has before no. except for potential emotions that she may be going for through which would inform some of what mm. happens in the episode because alice talks to her about you know you definitely can't mm. have had sex before and you've got to wait till mm. till you're married uh because um, what she says, she says, though it isn't scrummy if you're not married, of course, because then you go to hell and all your bits drop off. <laughs> uh, and especially if you're a vicar, um, then uh, God would probably have to strangle you with his bare hands. Is what <laughs> says. And she's like, hmm. whether there is a punishment for this or not, uh, the suggestion is that if you're a vicar, there is a worst one. And mm. there are kind of different guidelines that were given as reverends, isn't there? Uh, there's mm, yeah. been a big thing about a booklet called Issues in Human Sexuality, mm. which is old and outdated and is going, praise the Lord. Um, mm. But it uh, has guidelines about um, vicars having sex before marriage and it's, yeah. it's a no-no. Yes, mm. when we got ordained, we had to sign a document saying that we had read issues in human sexuality and that we agreed to abide yeah. by it. Um, 
and we were told if you do not sign this you will not get ordained mm. um and it essentially said anything outside of the church's recognition of marriage is a no-no mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's really tough because I think for some people they're like, yeah, and, like, of course. And then for others it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. It's so interesting because culture is so different to kind of, you know, standard teaching on how, you know, what God might have intended, well, what God has intended for marriage or for sex or relationships. And it's, it's such an opposite place, really, to what societal or cultural teachings on sex which i think has changed enormously in like the last 20 years and just um, understandings but, on bodies and yeah, yeah. You know, different sexualities yeah absolutely kind of stuff. yeah really important it's, but because one of one of the major major criticisms of issues in human sexuality is it means unless you are heterosexual yeah um you can never have sex because only heterosexual couples, according to church law, can get married. Yeah. Um, and that's horrible. That's horrific. Because, yeah. There we go. <laughs> We're on the first say, scene how still. How conclude that? Yeah. Um, our <laughs> next scene, um, we go to the parish council. The parish council. Mm-hmm. We have a bit more ableist language, calling Owen a lunatic. Oh, yeah, bless him. And he says he's got the papers to prove he's yeah. not. Oh, yeah. But not let's good. move on from that. Um, Frank's in love with Owen. Has oh, been. yeah. Just, that was I'm a revelation. I'm now. I'm shipping them. That would be lovely. I, c- I could imagine a whole a whole scenario in a different world where they settle down together on their farm as a lovely gay farming love. Oh, during this revelation, they're talking and they're getting all grumpy with each other and throwing insults at various different things, aren't they? And the, the term Baldilocks is used at David, which is very funny. And then um, they've all just fallen out over stuff and Geraldine is trying to bring them back together and get them to, to be getting on and loving each other and caring for each other and, and saying, you know, I'm here for you, I know you guys are here for me, my house is your house and if I... if you ever needed me, I'd be there and I hope that's mm. the case for you and all that kind of thing. And just trying to get them back together, which is going to be significant uh, mm. later on. Yeah. And uh, dealing with people who are falling out is something that is a big part of uh, clergy life. And yes. mm. obviously we can't go into that right now because mm. we can't tell you all the stories of the people that mm-hmm. we've had as falling outs with and uh, mm. we've had to patch up relationships between other people together yeah Um, Yeah. but wherever there's people it's a thing isn't it wherever there's people there's going to be conflict yeah i think it's one of the hardest realizations when you're training or you know when you've started ministry is that people will fall out it doesn't matter what you do people will fall out they'll fall out with each other and they'll fall out with you yeah um and what's important is learning how to navigate that and how to build bridges, mend bridges, resolve that conflict, um, bring about peace. Yeah. Defo. Yeah. And so from that, we're over to Horton Manor and um, uh, Geraldine and David are just hanging out together because Mm. um, Hugo and Alice aren't there. And I think this is a bit of an insight into life for David post Hugo getting married um, that you know is Geraldine coming round more and just having a whiskey with, with David and mm. 
all this kind of stuff is happening and it's yeah it's interesting mm. i think we've seen some real character growth with david um in terms of his bubble has been broken with alice coming into their house he is having to learn to rely on other people to trust on other people because um, even when it was just him and Hugo, he didn't really trust Hugo or rely on Hugo. Mm. Um, but what we're seeing is him branching out and reaching out. His beautiful friendship with Geraldine, which is growing. Yeah. And his desire to invest in that friendship. Um, and I think also he is being protective of Geraldine. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know about the two of you, but I think he knows that there is something happening between him and between his brother and Geraldine. Mm. The way he sort of says, oh, let's play Scrabble, or, you know, there's this whole thing about him wanting to spend time with her on Saturday evening, uh, or spend time with her when when his brother's visiting. Um, And it feels almost like he is there's something there and i don't know whether it's a competition with his brother over time over the time i think there is something about his relationship with simon Mm. and there is something of a struggle over geraldine between them but i gen generally read david in this episode not as being romantically protective but just protective of his friend, Geraldine. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I think we see that come out later. I would Mm. be hesitant to not read that in at this stage, but definitely see that coming in later, which is nice. Mm. And then maybe a development from protective, you know, friend, parishioner Mm. into potentially something more romantic. Let's see what the series Mm. has for us. So do you think um, David's doing a bit of matchmaking with Simon and Geraldine, inviting them... her over for dinner no i think it's the other way around i think he's trying to prevent a match being made i think he knows from the encounter at the wedding that geraldine um, has a crush is flustered by him on simon um and i think david knows enough about his brother and potentially about his brother's relationship which we'll get on later to know that it's not going to end well for geraldine yeah the other interpretation is that he doesn't want his brother... It's they're fighting over a toy, you know. But I don't think that's... That's not what I'm reading. No. I think he's oblivious at this point, And that's why he invites them over for dinner. But later on, he is not oblivious anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But Alice and Hugo barge in. And they have wonderful mm. news. The hamster test was wrong. They are pregnant. And <laughs> David... <laughs> is stunned into silence with shock <laughs> and fear and going, oh, goodness me. Uh, and Geraldine has to carry it, the, the celebrations of how wonderful it is. Aww. And Geraldine takes Alice out into the hallway because she's clearly been thinking a lot about what Alice has said about you can't have sex before marriage, otherwise all your bits drop off and all this kind of thing. And says that she's been reflecting and doesn't think that that is the case anymore that actually it's all right it's not a mortal sin for vicars to have sex as mm. long as they don't rub it in their parishioner's face mm. <laughs> um, and it makes alice feel a little bit queasy yeah and so well, what is mortal sin as opposed to just sin 
Is Immortals then like again? That's a bit more Roman Catholic theology. If it's like an like cardinal sin, like it's an ultimate unforgivable sin, which I'm not sure in our theology we subscribe to because I think we believe. Well, I guess we. I believe. I think we talked about this uh, a little bit um, another time. Was that all sin is the same? I think that the only thing that's specific is blaspheme against the Holy Spirit in Scripture. We, I think, the general agreed idea is that all sin is the same. Um, but I think Jesus also says that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is like the one sin that can't be forgiven. Alice gets a bit queasy about this revelation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, before we move to the next scene, one thing that I noticed. Um, in this scene when they're in the hallway, there's a picture of Alice in her wedding dress in the background. Oh, I missed that. And I thought, I think David's probably put that up because Hugo, mm. they've been off on honeymoon and, you know, been in prison and <laughs> all that kind of thing. <laughs> and mm. I just thought that was a really lovely touch that Aww. Alice in her wedding dress mm. is in the hallway. That's really sweet. I might go back and see if I find that. Just Aww. a sidebar, did any of you watching this episode... Because the previous few episodes have been in the future, according to the timeline of a series, mm. and we've had that huge um, Alice's renovation <gasps> of the, the pink living room. Did did either oh, of you? Yeah. Why were you surprised that it wasn't like that? Yeah. <laughs> Watching it again, go, oh, it's a different living room. <laughs> Disappointed, if anything. <laughs> so from that living room, we go to Geraldine's living room at the vicarage, mm. and she is prepping for Simon to come over that Saturday, and she's got. A fabulous red dress on. She's lighting candles, mm. mood lighting. It's all very romantic. And she goes up to the portrait of Jesus that she has hanging up, turns it around and says, I don't think this is your night, mate. Yeah, I think mm. that's a very telling action. Um, I think whatever you believe about whether or not having sex before or outside of marriage is a sin, if you are actively doing things to symbolically say, Jesus, don't watch me while I'm doing this, um, You, where you are hiding something from Jesus, I think you know what you actually believe deep down. Yeah, yeah. that's a bit of a worry, worrying one, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like taking off your cross before a date. I'm sure I did that once. I'm sure I thought, oh, I'll just... I'll, it's not that I'm taking it off, Lord. I'm just going to put on a different necklace, but... <laughs> You don't, you don't, <laughs> don't ever want to be if, without it, really. Yeah, it's like if you feel like in order to do something, it's something God wouldn't approve of, and you're so certain of that, that you are going to distance yourself from God, whether that's you turning over a picture or taking off a symbol of your faith. Mm. Um, or, mm. I mean, even like, I don't know, going shopping in a shop that you know actually isn't very ethical because of her business practices and you deliberately take off your clericals to do it or mm. like you or you travel like really far to do it so people in the parish mm. can't see that you do this like there's just something about it's hiding yeah and do you yeah. remember when we had at college we had the um sex and gender module yeah and there was a whole sec session which was about guilt and shame and it's when you hide stuff that's when you know it's something wrong yeah um, because it's the hiding and the secrecy and the shame and the guilt which makes that which make things spiral 
into so much worse. I think there's a danger in saying that without thinking of nuances because people yeah. have hidden their sexuality because they think yeah. it's wrong yeah. mm. and that's not the case but I, yeah. I think yeah. th- this is something different that we're talking about mm. yeah yeah that's no, true. No, that, that that's right um I, I think from my perspective it's more that she feels that she has to hide it from jesus that shows she needs to do a bit more reflecting yeah on mm. what's happening and that's the thing that, that it's interesting about mm. sin is that actually sin is the stuff that separates us from God mm. or that puts us before God, which is why we have confession every week to kind of like mm. be become aware of that, to say sorry, to repent and like mm. to receive God's forgiveness. Because mm. God doesn't want to be outside of it with us. Like God wants to be in the middle and up front every second of our lives in every single season and every mm. single feeling. Um, and actually there's been times in my life where I've wanted distance from God or I felt angry or I've been grieving and not known how to cope, that sort of thing. But actually whether it's distance that we're putting in place or we think, you know, we have mm. to, it's like, just got to remember that God never wants that from us, especially when we're going through a season when we're asking mm. big questions as well. Uh, this may be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that what is sinful is not the fact that Geraldine is or not necessarily the fact that Geraldine is entering into a sexual relationship, is the fact that she feels a need to hide it from mm. God and distance herself from God. Mm. So, and I want to make it clear, I'm not I'm not going to pass judgment on her relationship. Yeah. But it's a fact that she, it's her relationship with God. That's yeah, I think she knows, well, again, this could be saying too much, but I wonder if she knows that it's walking her down a path that is not, like, a, the path that God... Or like that, you know, she that would delight God's heart that she walked down. Um, It's just sad. It's sad that she doesn't feel like this is a relationship in which which God would celebrate. Exactly, and that has got to be your number one thing, I think, with finding a partner to share your life with. I don't know. We're all getting deep, aren't we? To Mm. have a Jane Austen analogy with it, we can tell this bloke's a bit of a Wickham to begin yeah. with can't we he's just a bit too charming a bit too flirty mm. and we just think he's gonna be bad news isn't he yeah um, and i think geraldine knows that as well yeah and i think mm. it ties into a kind of loneliness and you know mm-hmm. best friends just kind of got married and all this kind of stuff and yeah just going oh, i just want someone to really fancy me yeah. and uh simon is is that person and like i mean if if we are reading into it that maybe she hasn't had penetrative sex before, there's a really sad interpretation. And sad is in a tragic, not that's so sad of you. Um, which is maybe she is because she's turning 30 soon. No, turning 40 soon? Is it? Yeah. Big four hours coming up? Um, yeah. No, that's later. No, but anyway, because of kind of her age and the fact that Alice is younger, does she feel like she just wants to lose her virginity? Mm. Like she doesn't want to be the 40-year-old version? Or, like, society mm, really be. paints a shame about remaining a virgin as well. Yeah, yeah that's weird, There's isn't this it? whole thing about it's shameful to not have sex just as much mm. as it is shameful to have sex. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, true. <sighs> So when the doorbell goes, we're all mm. rather excited, aren't we? Yeah. Geraldine's very excited. 
But no, it's Owen. Uh, and Owen's at the door with a list of words that he wants to check whether he's allowed to say them or not. Uh, and no is basically the case to all of them. Um, uh, but then the doorbell goes again and it's 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 Simon. So finally he arrives. Uh, Owen is brilliant at this point and really protective of Geraldine mm. and has heard her say, no, I'm busy. And uh, is, yeah. uh, say, says to Simon, the vicar's busy. He can come back tomorrow <laughs> and takes him away, which is really great. <laughs> nice to know when you're not wanted, mate. Come on. Yeah. It's, and what's really nice, I think, about Owen and the growth we've seen, at least in this episode, is he doesn't do what you expect Owen to do, which is immediately the vicar opens a door and she's looking scrummy. Um and he doesn't immediately try to take advantage of that. Yeah. And press his suit. He does say like, wow, but he doesn't do any any more yeah, than but, that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do any more than just saying wow. Yeah. Whereas, like, knowing Owen, he could have tried to kiss her, he could have made some very lewd <laughs> comments to her, but he doesn't. So props to Owen for growth, <laughs> at least for this moment. Oh, dear. Um, so, yes, um... He escorts Simon away. Away. And the doorbell goes again, and it's Alice and Hugo. And Alice, uh, I must know that Simon's coming over tonight because mm. she asks if he's there yet because uh, they've brought her a present and it's the thing that um, Hugo finds Alice totally irresistible in, her pink anorak. And so they've brought her a pink anorak to wear to She's seduce. sweet, really. <laughs> And uh, she puts it on, and goodness me, uh, Hugo's aroused. Uh, Alice thinks it's beautiful, and the doorbell rings again, and oh, who could that be? And it's Simon. He comes He's in. Free from Owen. He's escaped Owen, uh, and uh, Geraldine's there in her lovely red dress, which is now covered in a bright mm. pink parka. <laughs> which actually Simon does like. Doesn't he growl when he sees her in it? Doesn't he go, or something like he, that? He does. It goes he rough. Does. <laughs> um, so so may, maybe it's a Horton family maybe thing. It must be, yeah. Maybe he's teasing. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. It's not... I, I find it a bit weird, but... Alice says, right, I think it's time we left these two alone, and Geraldine's very grateful, and Alice says, yep, yeah, so we'll just go in and pop into the kitchen Make and have a brew. Yeah, you guys just carry on, enjoy. And when you're ready to go, Simon, we'll um, we'll give you a lift home. Yeah, <laughs> which is just adorable. It's beautiful. They're trying to chaperone, which is lovely. Yeah, and it's they've thought about the fact that they might want some privacy, so we're going to a different room, but haven't quite understood yeah what Simon might be doing there they had plans of their own so Geraldine needs to make it clear is trying to make it clear that uh oh you don't need to stay here because Simon's booked into a hotel in air quotes uh in in, Wales in Wales (laughs) it's a very good hotel (laughs) um uh so um uh trying to get them to leave and uh Eventually, they do go, and uh, Alice gives the advice of righty ho, lots of chapstick, no tongues. So, <laughs> and uh, one of the things I love about this is because they do it in other episodes is that Simon then moves to the sofa arm to sit down so that he's short enough. Because lo and behold, when Geraldine comes back, they have a bit of a smoochy kiss. Mm. They have a lovely snog, and then they start heading up to her bedroom. 
Yes, with champagne. And then the doorbell goes. And she says, ignore it, ignore it, and starts walking up the stairs, which is good for Geraldine that she's... It is good. She's That's progress. And then the door knocks again, and so she comes down and says, I hate being a vicar, opens the door, and it's Jim and Frank. And they're mm. stood at the door saying, you know how you said that if we had a big problem, we could come to you and... It, you know all this kind of stuff. Well, we've got a really big problem. Can we can we talk? Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, of course, come on in. And you think there's a really serious issue about to happen, but what's the problem that they're dealing with? A crossword. Crossword. Um, which Geraldine makes up an answer to. Bloody pop. And then Jim, bless him, actually does have quite a big problem. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. His his wife is um, having an affair with her female cousin. Yes, uh, but he says that problem will keep till morning, so uh, they start to disappear, and lo and behold, the doorbell rings again, and Geraldine roars in anger, and it's David who's brought the Scrabble that he wanted to play with her, and uh, so she ends up going back into the bedroom and playing Scrabble with Jim, Frank. Not in the bedroom, back into the lounge. Back into the bedroom to play Scrabble with all of them, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Is there something new? Scrabble's Um, a euphemism. They they start playing Scrabble. Um, Geraldine spells out "Leave you immortal rem- bastards." <laughs> yeah, that's such a funny scene. To be fair, um, so good. David knows exactly what's happening, and I do think you Geraldine think so? Knows. Well, the very fact that that, that particular wording, um, I think David knows she's trying to get rid of them. Um, yes, but not what's going on. Yeah, I, I think it comes know. as a total shocker. I do. I Oh. Mm. It has been a good couple of hours, probably at least, hasn't it? Since yes. uh, Simon first went upstairs, the doorbells rung multiple times. They've been scrabbling away. Geraldine's been giving hints, but not like unkind enough to say, "Guys," or like forth- forthright enough to go, "Guys, you need to leave." Yeah. Maybe two, maybe three hours pass, and down comes. Sorry, I've set the scene now. Over to you to give us the visual. Well, <laughs> he comes down. Scene. Buck-ass nude, apart from wearing <laughs> Geraldine's dressing gown. Let me tell you, I screamed. It looks silky as well oh. to me. Uh, he is a very tall man, and so it doesn't leave <laughs> a lot to the imagination. Uh, we're we're skirting on thighs, and he comes down and actually <laughs> says some really mm-hmm. good things in some I... ways about Geraldine. Yeah, you're right, he... Is it a, is what Simon says appropriate? Oh. If they were married, yeah. yes. He says this, I'm so sorry to interrupt. It's just that I've been waiting for this gorgeous creature for hours. She won't tell you herself, of course. She's your vicar. She always puts your happiness above her own. But I can't help thinking on this one occasion she might quite like you to go. And that's the thing. I think this is a really lovely, loving kind thing of a partner or a spouse to say... Like, say, if it was their birthday or a special anniversary or an unplanned visit or her day off, it's great. If this was Harry, um, Geraldine's future husband... Yes, exactly. Um, it's the right thing, the wrong guy. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's the reason why she is not saying no to them. She knows that she shouldn't be there, so she's not going to have the guts to say, guys, you need to head off, because she's like... Argh. He is exposing her. He's that nearly exposing very true. himself. Very... <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's exposing himself. He's also exposing her in actually quite yeah. an uncomfortable way. He's making it explicit because she said before it's okay for a vicar 
to have sex as long as she doesn't rub it in her parishioners' faces. He is rubbing it in their faces. And again, yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of wondering here if there's that dynamic between the two brothers and he's... Absolutely. It's because it's David yeah. that he's rubbing it in. Yes. Um, I think... Because he could have been fully clothed and come down and said this. He really could have. Uh, and it, mm, He's making a point and a half, isn't he? He yeah. had the time to get dressed. Yeah. Mm. Um... I mean, the big question is, the champagne's probably warm by now. Ugh. What a blooming waste. Jenny, <laughs> it was never about the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. It wasn't even champagne, them, was it? Anyway. Yes, they all get kicked out. David says, I hope you know what you're doing, which I think is a, a good warning from David. Uh, Frank, bless him, asks if they need a condom and then comes back with two cigarettes to... <laughs> For afterwards and all this oh, kind of stuff. Dear. And finally, she gets upstairs mm-hmm. and there uh, we zoom out from the vicarage and there are electricity sparks and fireworks that go off uh, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Geraldine's bedroom. And then the next morning, we see her come down, bed hair, just everywhere, fully ruffled. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and she comes down, drinks some Lucasades and head straight back upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a lovely montage of them on dates. Yeah. Um, which I think on first watch is very romantic. I think when you watch it again, you can see a few warning signs. Mm. I think it's very much Geraldine initiating affection. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's something else I'll mention a little bit later, mm. I think. Yes. Um, but there's also the iconic puddle scene. Yes. The oh, scene yeah. that I do. many people mm. will know, even if you've never watched Vicar Dibley, where they're, mm. uh, I was going to say, gaily splashing <laughs> in puddles. <laughs> and I'm going to stick with that because I feel it's correct how they're jumping in puddles. Mm. And uh, and then she picks a big one and she mm. goes straight down under and it's very, yeah. very funny. Oh, brilliant. I, I think as a perception of the relationship from Geraldine's perspective I think what we see is a very innocent love yeah in that sense of it's very kind of coupley and they're wearing jumpers yeah and the music's boys the own countryside mm, and yeah they're holding hands and feeding each other and I feel that this is Geraldine's interpretation and what she believes their relationship is yeah, mm. and it's attracted local gossip mm. because uh, David uh, uh, in Horton Manor is there with Hugo and with Owen. They're having a brew and they're talking about this relationship that Geraldine is having with Simon. Mm. And it's very different sides, isn't it? Owen's very much the opinion of you know what, whatever you know, she's happy. We don't judge her and we let mm. her get on with stuff. And David's like, she's the vicar; she shouldn't be cavorting around mm. and having a man stay in her bed. With her. Mm. Um, that is the bit that they're really worried about as well, isn't it? Specifically the bed, like, where he's sleeping that's the issue. Yes, the concern about them going around having sex willy-nilly. And Owen says... And you can't do it with a willy that's nilly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. The willy's got to <laughs> yeah. be willing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. There's yeah. so many great moments in this episode. Again, I, I think a lot of David's objection comes because it's his brother and not necessarily I mean he says oh Jesus is against it 
but it doesn't feel like his heart is in that objection. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I disagree. I think I think he'd feel like this about whoever it is, although I do agree with you that I think there is extra tension because it's his brother. I definitely do pick up on a rivalry between them, but I think I think he does I think he just takes a quite conservative position on this. Mm. And so we go from their living room to Geraldine's living room and Simon's there uh, and Geraldine and she's really relaxed. She's there in her jib jams and just, mm. you know, she says, should we go to bed? And he's like, let's have a coffee first. And then she says, wait a second, we could have ice cream. And mm. she's had a new instalment of a massive freezer <laughs> that is just <laughs> full to the brim of ice cream and... And uh, he has a little small pot and she has a big one and then they go back yeah. in the room. I think it's interesting if you look at Simon's face while she's talking about the freezer. Um, I think you, something I picked up on, and this was in that montage, is there's another scene where he's watching her eat and he, he doesn't find it a lovely experience. Mm. Is it because just, she eats all, she steals know, the Mars bar? It's just there's, there's yeah. a look on his face that says that is a bit judgmental. Um, and you don't want a partner who's going to be judgmental. I read that as well, that he was disappointed that there was no Mars bar left for him. Yeah. Well, let, let's maybe not delve into it too much, but yeah. I, he doesn't, I don't think he approves of the ice cream freezer. He gets a tiny pot of ice cream. And he's informed that it's got a little spoon for mm. to eat, and uh, and he's starting to eat the ice cream with the spoon, and he says it's not working, and she thinks that means the spoon, so she says she'll get a big one, and he's like, no, the relationship uh, isn't working. Ah, me. Classic mm. messing around behaviour. Yeah. Just but the way he says it, it's like it's really clear that he's got what he wants out of this relationship. Even that point where he's deferring them going up to bed and the way he says it, you're like, Oh, let's have a coffee first. Um, he's lost interest. Mm, yeah. Um and it's just heartbreaking for Geraldine. Yeah. Because we've just had this montage of her thinking this is a beautiful relationship mm. where he want he wanted one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon. And uh, he admits that there's someone else, there's a girl in Liverpool, and it's a bit of a Ross and Rachel, we were on a break situation mm. that uh, uh, I think, well, I think he's just cheated on this other girl. Uh, yeah. it, they've had a bit of a falling out and then has come up here and, uh, well, come down here from Liverpool if we're in Oxford. and mm. uh, Taken uh, the opportunity to see Jerry. Yeah, slept with someone who is very keen on him and is very obviously keen on him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, he, and he says all these romantic things of... Well, not even romantic things. Mm. He says things about the autumns of winds and maybe we're just, you know, moving on and and uh, let's see what winter brings. And she yeah. just calls him out of it and saying, uh, yeah, we could call it that or get out of my house, you tre- treacherous, gigantic, elongated bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and which yeah. is, I think appropriate response and what's really actually what's really admirable is she doesn't really get super super emotional throw a fit about this it would be deserved if she did um Mm. she's actually quite level-headed about getting rid of him um and he's just simon is just such a that classic him him saying oh we're moving too fast 
Ugh. isn't about the fact that they've been having sex. It's about that this is becoming a comfortable relationship. Mm. And that's not um, what you wanted. And that's not what he wanted. Mm. And him then trying to wax all poetic about seasons of life and oh, maybe down the line. Mm. You know, it's no, you're just playing with her emotions and yeah. um no. no. You just want to have a little nest far away from your ste- steady girlfriend where you can come every now and then and with someone who you can guarantee isn't going to be talking about it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So she's calm but angry and mm. uh, kicks him out and takes the ice cream from him as well, which is exactly as it should be. Yeah. And then we go to the parish hall and uh, there's uh, a whole comedy thing about drilling and not being able to hear mm. what's going on, which is important for later on. And uh, Geraldine turns up and due to the circumstances, goes on a massive rant about mm. all men being this and useless and da 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 And we miss part of the rant because the drilling is, which is probably mm. for the best because, uh, uh, well, we don't hear what we said, but we can imagine the kind of things mm. that she might be saying yeah. to them. Yeah, really and then we get done. this little montage, is it again? A montage where she's we're seeing she starts lingering and she starts eating lots of chocolate and um yeah she's upset and she um we see her she's kind of laying around in the kitchen with all her ice cream and um alice comes in asks if she's going to come to church yeah says it's sunday yeah geraldine says no should she have signed herself off oh yeah i think Mm. so yeah give herself some a break and some space definitely think so um, and yeah, she just goes into this complete spiral. Mm. And I don't, we don't think it's just about the relationship. It's about how the relationships played out in public. Yeah. Uh, and so she she decides, no, I'm I'm not going to church mm. today. Not doing that. And then they have a meeting in the parish. Well, mm. it's not a meeting in the parish council because Alice is there, but they're just chatting about Sunday and that. We can't have another Sunday with the vicar off because mm. Frank preached and it went on for hours and someone died. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Although he was going to die anyway, so yeah. we can't feel too bad about it, we're told. But well done, them, for keeping the service going without a priest. Yeah. Um, and this actually is sort of what does happen. If a priest doesn't turn up, you have a service of the word, it's called, which is um, basically it's not communion, Um someone talks legally i believe there is a book of authorized sermons we're allowed to read i know in the methodist i know in the methodist church it's a book of wesley's sermons um right i'm sure i heard i'm I'm sure i heard that there's a book of Cranmer's sermons or something oh thank gosh but good to know it seems they have a lay mm. preacher, which might be an official title that Frank mm. has, that he has been trained to preach, or it might just be that he's a lay person, i.e. someone who isn't ordained, who's preached that day. Uh, mm. But that might be a another interesting dynamic, mm. that Frank is there. Well, really, and what a skill to stand up with no preparation and talk about to be honest, talk about anything. Like, let talk about the readings. <laughs> two and a half hours. Yeah, well true. So they're coming up with a plan to mm. how to help Geraldine. And mm. Alice comes up with a plan of creating a digital Simon um, 
to to help her <laughs> get out of it and um yeah that probably isn't gonna work because it's the affection and the the loneliness because Geraldine's problem is not necessarily about the relationship going wrong and it's definitely not about Simon as much as he's the one who's caused mm. the tro- the problems I think it's Geraldine's sense of guilt and her sense of shame over what's happened mm. but also her mourning the loss of this hope she had for the future where she would would have companionship and affection yeah it's not actually about simon i think she knows that simon at this point simon's gone she sent him away she does not want simon back yeah 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 and then we see her again in the vicarage eating her body weight in smarties um, and is there's a doorbell uh the doorbell rings and Geraldine shouts go away and it's Alice and she says I've just got something for you I've posted it through Mm. and it's uh and it's photos of the the newest addition to the Horton family it's the scan Mm. and that's the thing that snaps Jerry out of it and she opens the door and they have a look uh, through the scans of Alice's mm. baby and it's just lovely. Mm, that's a turnaround yeah. moment, isn't it? We can literally see her heart melt and she's like, oh, she stops what she's doing, puts everything down, goes straight over to the door, unlocks it and like doesn't even look at Alice. She's just staring at the pictures, just like mm. gushing over them, which is really yeah. lovely to see. And I think Alice, then she comes in, doesn't she? And they get to yeah. have a chat, the two of them. And um, Alice asks her if she'd be up for coming back. And Geraldine says she can't stand up in that pulpit and talk about right and wrong. And she's just not right with God mm. and she's not right within herself. Yeah. And so that's the crux, really, isn't it, of why she's been away. Like you've been saying, it's not mm. about Simon, it's... It's her own, like, oh, her own disappointment, a guilt, a shame. It's the, you know, turning around the portrait mm. of Jesus on the wall that fi- that makes her think, mm. well, I can't do what I'm supposed to do because I couldn't even do it myself. Like, how possibly can I tell others about right and wrong mm. when I can't even, you know, follow in that way myself? Which is, again, it's one of the a big thing for, I think, for vicars, for lay preachers, lay ministers, for Christians in general, um you know we're fat, we're invited to go and tell the good news but so often we forget it ourselves and our you know the lessons mm. that we learn are really cyclical aren't they but this is just a very mm. this has been so public as well i wonder if that's where a lot of the yeah. problems come from and so she's written a letter and she wants alice to give it to david and the rest of the parish council and it turns up in the next parish council meeting and it's she's tendered her resignation mm. and she wants to resign from the post. Now, all of us watched this and went, well, that's mm. not how you resign. You can't leave a job <laughs> like that. Um, and they, they read the letter. Uh, but we don't get to see what's in the letter. And I'd really mm. like to know what she said in her resignation letter. Mm. And they say together, we've got to decide what we're going to do to do about this um how do we actually leave our jobs we don't contact your pcc first no i think no. I'd, you have to go to the archdeacon the bishop. first would you i would i think mm. you said yeah, to straight bishop, to. don't you to say you'd like to resign and uh, you have to give three months notice and all mm. this kind of stuff Oh, right. None of us have resigned from vicar jobs no. yet so we don't so know we how can't we do speak it. from experience um, initially 
Hopefully yeah, we never will even, have like, to. Even if you get a new job, you resign from your current position so that you can get a new job. Yeah. Um, um, but the way they do it isn't how they do it. But it works for the mm-hmm. for the drama. For the drums. And yeah. uh, we're back then at Geraldine's vicarage and Alice is there and Geraldine wants to know. Mm-hmm. They read the letter. What do they think about it? Do they accept the resignation? And Alice says, come outside. And uh, they go out because the, the, the rest of them want to talk to her. Mm. And there's a massive banner in the village green for everyone to see that says, that tall git Simon may have bonked <laughs> you and dumped you like an old jock strap, but we still love you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is brilliant because Jerry, like reading, she's like, okay, right, yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty clear then. And again, it's just one of those moments where I don't know, it's just memorable. I just think dealt with in such a a Geraldine yeah, way. It's such growth for David. Yeah. Because at the end of that parish council yeah. scene, I think we know what we need to do. And in previous seasons, that would have been a letter to the bishop. Um, but now it's yeah. let's make a ridiculous banner, um, and let her know that we love her. Like, oh, it's just lovely. Yeah. Oh. But it's it's very public. It is. As well. Very public. It's like yeah, it's all the laundry yeah. that's already been out. It's like they've added another bra into the pile. But but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I was thinking it also makes it less of a an issue. Because it just kind of normalising it, normalises it as oh, this idiot man has, has, mm. has screwed you over literally screwed you over um, yeah but you know but we what still that's a human experience you. yeah it just yeah just makes yeah. it into it this is a thing that happened it's not a big you know thing you need to resign over yes yeah definitely acceptance welcome mm. grace forgiveness But if we're bringing this back to the reality of Mm -hmm. ministry, this is the kind of thing where you might get in big trouble with your bishop. And there is something called a CDM, Mm. which is a clergy disciplinary measure where Mm. for misbehaving clergy, (laughs) they get in trouble and get told off. And uh, it's a very, very big, serious thing. And Mm. do you think Geraldine might get a CDM from this? I think she would definitely be called in for a conversation. Mm. I think whether it was an actual CDM would depend on whether complaints were made. Yeah. It, it, all of this would depend on the bishop finding out about all of this. Mm. And knowing Geraldine's relationship mm. with the bishop and what the bishop gets up to, I think he would be yes. particularly fussed. <laughs> I think if... <laughs> Simon was a complete toe rag and decided to ruin Geraldine's life and wrote to the bishop yeah. about what had been going on. Or if um, someone else in the parish wrote to the bishop and said, this has really traumatised me, I can't trust my priest because of this This has happened. Yeah. Um, mm. Then I think there would be CDM processes would be started. And... And was that? Would that be sort of like uh, you'd have to leave your job, or you'd have to take Tied extended, yeah, like period away, mm. or like does it vary the different kind of? Initially, you're suspended. Things that happen. Initially, you're suspended. Okay, while yeah. Investigation occurs. Oh yeah. 
It's mm, quite intense digging. as it is, isn't it? But Geraldine says she needs a holiday, mm, and she does. We we think she does, uh, mm. and so she says that she'll yeah. ask Frank to preach for the next four next month. And they all go, no, no, no. He's absolutely <laughs> delighted. His, his face, it's so funny because I'm suddenly going to lie. His face lights up. Yes. The honour, the privilege. And then literally, as you say, each one, one after the other. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then Jim at the end. Multiple but then she moves. says she's joking. And actually, she's all right. And yeah, it's uh, a happy diary. Well, not happy. Mm. A bruised and battered Jerry. And I think probably quite a humble Jerry as well. Mm. He but knows how loved yeah. she is by her parishioners. Yeah, bless her. It's a quite a wonderful it's a wonderful yeah, episode actually. Do you think this is something, Geraldine, for the narrative, I'm not talking this as a human, but do you think this for the narrative of a show, this is something Geraldine had to go through in order that when she finally meets our Harry, mm-hmm. um she gets her happy ending. Yeah. It, we needed to see him, a big breakup, he? didn't we? We need to see, yeah, because uh, mm. we've had lots of flirtations, but uh, mm. and it, we need to see her dealing with how yeah. things go wrong. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I think it'd be interesting to watch the episode mm. where it goes right off the back of that yeah. to see how the others react mm. to it. But we're not that far away yeah. from it. <gasps> crazy, crazy. So. That's been our episode today. Um, we've talked a lot about sex and we've gone into lots of um, interesting details and debates. Um, if you have anything further based on this conversation that you'd like us to talk about, please do yeah. let us know. Drop us, drop us an email or yeah. uh, talk to us on social media. Uh, we are at Vickers Watch or at Vickers Watch Dibley on different things. Mm. And it's VickersWatchDibley at gmail.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So do talk to us. We'd love to hear your opinions. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Vickers Watch Dibley. Thank you to Toby for editing our ramblings. Any views expressed in this Here's a joke for you lovely own. ladies. How did the telephone propose to its girlfriend? Or any other organizations with which we, we gave her a oh. And as always, oh, oh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs>